Welcome to Identity Matters Worldview Institute, an organization that is an outreach of IOM America. You can visit our main website at www.iomamerica.org. We are pleased that you decided to join us in our 2020 Revelation series. We certainly appreciate those who have been a part of our series from the beginning. This series is a part of the I Am Online Worldview School, which hosts well over 70 courses related to a biblical worldview. Our school focuses on addressing issues related to the believer's identity in Christ. We also give special attention to cultural and political issues of our day. Today's message is Joseph and the Judges. Tying it closely into the book of Revelation. And this is number seven. And those of you who are following through our online school, this is Revelation or Rev 107. We are hoping and we are trusting that you will be encouraged and certainly be motivated by this message today. Before we get started with our message, let's view our first video. It's titled, Indwelling Forgiveness, brought to us by I Am Media Productions.
Number seven, Joseph and the Judges. We need to talk about the revelation connection of the Old Testament characters that's set up for the New Testament and then formally introduce the book of Revelation. In the Old Testament, there are many examples helping us understand the book of Revelation, but there is no clearer example like the story of Joseph regarding the persecution of Christ, the church, and the promised land. All of the ingredients for the prophetic story are present. For example, slavery, bondage, an evil woman, and the jailing of an innocent man while he still rose to the highest level of influence under a demonic superpower. Now let's just think about Joseph's story and think about his rejective storyline. His life was filled with constant rejection by his family. Ultimately, as you probably know, he was sold by his own brothers into slavery. He stayed in bondage of slavery for many, many, many years. He had difficult encounters dealing with the rejection of this new evil empire called Egypt. He had to deal with gross rumors from an evil woman. He was jailed because of all of that and he was innocent. But yet, he still rose to the highest level of influence in this country. Outside of the Pharaoh, there was no one who held a higher position than Joseph. So what really does all this have to do with the book of Revelation? Well, it has a great deal to do with our topic today. Joseph and everything that he went through was a setup to reveal to us what Christ himself was going to have to go through. And in the end, in the end, Joseph's revelation to his brothers that he was the one they sold into bondage, into slavery, has literally gone from poverty and abuse and slavery to becoming one of the most powerful men in the world. Must have been a shocker for his brothers to see with their own eyes that this was the brother they sold and believed to stay in bondage as a slave. This was not only a life changer for Joseph, but it was a life changer for all involved. It changed the course of horizontal and vertical history for the Hebrew people. He came from years of suffering and hardship, yet he came out on top, as they say. This is a clear example of what Christ does in the book of Revelation. Joseph is the Christ figure of the great revelation of the Old Testament. Most view Jesus Christ in his time on earth as being more glorified than what it really was. From the day that he was born, he was chased down like a dog. There were people who were murdered, children murdered, because there was a ruler attempting to find him and kill him. So from his birth to his death, he was dealing with suffering and hardship. It was no easy pathway for him to bear. This is why Joseph's story is a perfect parallel for the life of Christ when he was on earth, but after he died and was resurrected, he was placed in the second highest position, just like Joseph was. 
Jesus, being the Son of God, sits at the right hand of God the Father. This story of Joseph is God setting up the story of the book of Revelation. A further illustration of the design of biblical revelation history is the writings of several books, Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles. This fact is found in the Hebrew scriptures by the inclusion of Samuel, Joshua, Judges, and the Kings in a section called the Former Prophets. Even though they contain rich biblical history, the writers focused on the theology rather than the political. In the scriptures, God appointed Samuel to be raised up as a political and religious leader. This replicates Satan's design in the final days by way of the beast and the false prophet. Now the beast is considered the political system during the time of the tribulation when Satan is given allowance to rule the earth, but only for seven years. During that time there will be a false prophet. False prophet is the religious leader. This is why Samuel in the Old Testament is a great parallel for the end times in the book of Revelation in regard to Satan being a religious leader and a political leader at the same time. In the design of our Hebrew God, he always chose who was to be king of his people, good or bad. During this time in history, due to the complaints of the people, God gave them a demonic ruler, a beast, as it were. God instructed Samuel, the high priest, to choose Saul, the beast figure, as king, in spite of the fact that God was not in favor of it. God used this situation to set yet another prophetic stone in place. To demonstrate the coming events of Revelation, he told a future story by establishing an earthly ruler who had been foretold to be ruthless and a persecutor of God's people. Let's take a look at our diagram, Prophets and Revelation, Pathway of the Prophets. We're going to look at, from Adam to Jesus, just how this whole thing unfolds and how it is clearly stitched together in the book of Revelation. Of course, it all started with Adam. That bloodline continued in Enoch, and then to Noah, and then down to Abraham. From Abraham, it went into Isaac. From Isaac, it went into Jacob. Jacob, it went into David. David into Solomon. And Solomon is where the two points of Revelation, character-wise, are shown. Zechariah and Jesus. And of course, from Zechariah comes John. So the author of the book of Revelation was not an accident. The author himself was a pure bloodline author, so to speak. And Jesus, coming from Solomon, which was not only critical, but it was required for Jesus to come from this direct line, sets the stage for the final closure of this earth, everyone who ever walked upon it, or is about to walk upon it. If you look back up in that diagram, you're going to see another son that came from Abraham, 
Now the promises of Abraham still applied to Ishmael. And if you follow that line down in the chart, you're going to see that Ishmael runs right in to Muhammad. Muhammad, his people today, make the claim that he is, was a pure bloodline from Ishmael. Is this true? I wouldn't question it. The true biblical vertical history is clear in the writings of the prophets. The prophets of old reveal God as who has been at work in the past, who is active in the present, and will be certainly active in the future. Under each of these prophets, God developed a divine inspiration in the Hebrew, their customs, their beliefs, and thus their actions. The Hebrew belief that is being revealed to us during the Old Testament is the coming of Jehovah's kingdom, which is the new Jerusalem. This is the Jews' long-awaited expectation of an ideal society that is to come. It's going to happen much differently than they expected. In fact, most Jews will interpret this society that Satan's going to set up on earth as to be the new society that they've been waiting for. And of course, you and I both know that that is not the true society. It's not the society of the new Jerusalem. Even the prophets of old believed this new society to be an earthly uprising. That's been one of the problems with the Jewish people for centuries, and that is they believe it's going to be an earthly kingdom. Jesus himself was asked by his disciples about this new earthly kingdom. And of course his response was, they do not understand that his kingdom is not on earth, but it is in heaven. Here's a special note to keep in mind. If you examine the above diagram, you will see that God took special effort in keeping the bloodline pure, particular when it came to recording the prophecies of old and recording the revelations of those prophecies, i.e. John the Beloved being a direct bloodline author. God did not randomly pick a writer for the book of Revelation. He selected one of the disciples that had a direct bloodline to Adam and the prophets. This is a significant historical notation. Now when we look at the messianic expectations, there's another expectation that the Hebrew people had regarding vertical history. Their expectation was an apocalyptic in nature and character. Remember, apocalypse involves a vertical deliverance, which is an intervention by Jehovah, from a horizontal problem, which is bondage to man. This view, unknown to the Hebrews at the time, is particularly basic to our study of the revelation of John. And of course, he was writing for Jesus. The Hebrew people were expecting this divine rescue to be in their own lifetime. Well, it kind of did, to be honest with you. When Jesus went through the replication of everything that Joseph went through, when he was being set up to rise to the top, so to speak, to sit at the right hand of God, they missed it. In fact, they crucified him. They weren't about to believe he was the new Messiah, the Messiah, the Deliverer. 
So they crucified him. God himself used this, of course, to usher him in to the same position that Joseph was in, the same story that the prophets of old were setting up for. This is the transition time of Jesus being placed at the right hand of his father. Before we close, I want to give you a little bit of an update in regard to present-day horizontal history that is going on. The modern leader of Syria today is Dr. Bashar al-Assad. Assad is a Shia Muslim. She has adhered to the teachings of the Islamic prophet Muhammad. Now, unlike many of the other groups of Muslim people, the Shias believe they are the true bloodline of Muhammad and are the rightful keepers and instructors of their Bible, the Quran. Assad believes he is the true successor of Muhammad, who was appointed by God, with a little g, and his prophet, Muhammad. Thus he rejects the legitimacy of the first three caliphs that were formed in Turkey and has established himself as basically the leader among leaders, the great blood descendant of Muhammad. This is why we keep a very, very close watch. It is very critical that we understand that in those final days, which we're probably entering into, We need to keep a watchful eye on Syria, Iran, Turkey, Egypt, Lydia, and Russia. Each of these countries are clearly marked out in the book of Revelation as the aggressors that someday, probably someday soon, are going to come against Israel. When we listen or watch the evening news, we typically will find something being said of one of these countries coming against Israel in some fashion. We have some exciting things coming up. We hope you're going to continue to stay with us with the Revelation 2.20 series. We have a verse-by-verse version of going through the book Revelation coming up real soon after we get through the history of the book of Revelation. Until next time.